Blog Talk Radio. in Sports Talk. Today is Wednesday, August 14th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564, or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino, or follow us on Twitter at Way in Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin. Let's weigh in. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for joining tonight. Tonight is the the night before the launch of the SEC Network tomorrow, which means one thing, football is right around the corner. Tomorrow is August 14th, meaning two weeks from tomorrow night. South Carolina, Texas A&M kick off the college football season on the SEC Network, and You know, it does seem like out there to me it's the calm before the storm. You know, we've heard smack talk all season long until the last week or so. It's it's like everybody's going into hiding or something. I I don't understand. But I guess and I'm the same way. It's like I'm 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 letting it soak in and soak in and soak in, but in two weeks we're gonna have college football back. So that means Every Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, and then Sunday NFL, Monday night football. I mean, there's so much going to be happening. I mean, is it just me or is Saturday's boring and Sunday's more now than without football? I just love being able to get through the work week knowing that the college football is here. We have the Wednesday night show, the Sunday night show. And those are the best times during football for our show. We could change our show times. Uh, after this football season, but Sunday night gives us a chance to to go over the Thursday night games, college and NFL, Friday night, all Saturday and Sunday games, and it just gives us a chance to review all of them, and then Wednesday night, the preview before it, so the perfect time for radio is now. I hope all our listeners come back out of the woodwork, the live listeners. We, we have been doing great in the archives. And the live's been okay, but it, it gets a lot better during football. I think by two weeks we'll have our normal chat room back with 30, 40 people in it at once, hopefully. So love those times. And the more callers, the better, 646-716-5564. Would love to hear from you tonight. And, yes, on the agenda is college football, NFL football, and some other odd and end things. We have Sonia and Jason Minson in the chat room with us. We'll bring them on momentarily uh, to talk some college football. You want to talk about two college football fans, those two are it. If you do not know Jason and Sonia, then you probably haven't listened to Way In Sports Talk. So we'll introduce them in just a few minutes. Hopefully we can get some some Oregon Duck callers in tonight, some Georgia Bulldog fans. Who knows out there? I know Jason Humphrey, one of our Great Oregon Ducks fans is in the studio right now. He he usually presses number one to talk during the show, so we'll get him on. But, man, just want to start off the show by um, wishing condolences for the Robin Williams family. Robin Williams passed away, I think it was yesterday. This week has flown by. 
think it was yesterday, and and just a sad day. You know, Robin Williams, one of my favorite actors. Uh, Goodwill Hunting, the best movie probably ever made with Robin Williams in it. I love that movie. Mrs. Doubtfire, how could you not love Mrs. Doubtfire? But but I just want to throw something out there for people. It's it's just like these days, and this is a sports show. I get it. I understand. But these days, people are so judgmental about people. It, it's so bad that Robin Williams' daughter had to shut down social media because of the low-life scumbags trying to terrorize Robin Williams' family during this tragic time. And, and, and it just really, really irritates me. I just want to say, do not judge anyone out there. I mean, God's the judge of everything, not you people. So anybody that would harass a, a young lady after losing her father, you, you need a life. You need you need to find the Lord or something. But I want to throw that out there, that the people with depression, they, they're not their normal self. They're in this dark, dark, dark hole, and it is real people. It's a real thing, depression. And people that do not understand it, I don't know. I'm not depressed, but I do know people that have been depressed and are depressed. And it's not just something they decide to do every day. It's not just something they wake up and decide, hey, I'm not going to be depressed today. But just all the judgment being passed. And Tony Stewart um, this past week, Jimmy Ward's passing away, tragic. But so many people are judging just back up and, and, and let people do what they do. Stay out of it. But you're not a doctor. You're not God. So I just want to throw that out there on my rant. That's a mild rant because I want to say more than that, but I won't. But because this is a sports show, and, and that's what we love to do is talk football. But we do like to talk about everyday life as well. So some big news in the college football world. You know, we had Michael Sam come out not too long ago, but Arizona State lineman, college football, not NFL, Arizona State, this is college now, uh, came out today saying he was gay. Um, his name is Chip Serafin. He said he came out last year, told his team, and now he's coming out. Don't understand why why people want to do it right at the start of football. Why didn't he do it in the offseason? Why didn't he do it last year? But now I guess People want to get in the news and 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 come out, and, and I'm sure we're going to see a lot more come out in the in the near future. You know, first few make their steps, they they open the door, and other people feel like it's it's more acceptable. So, you know, people are just going to be people in life, guys. Everybody's got their own life to live, and what they do with it is their business. So, everybody out there, please respect other people. Especially on this show, when you call in in the night, if you're going to comment on that, just make sure you keep it respectful and clean here on Way In Sports Talk. We're not one of those shows that that call in and trash people all the time. The call in number is 646-716-5564. And I'm going to bring Sonia in right now. I believe she's waiting. Sonia, how's everything going? Hey, sweetie, how are you? Doing good. Two weeks away. Yeah, two weeks away. Jason and I um, were sitting here listening to you, and and just to kind of touch on what you were saying, definitely sending out our most sincere and heartfelt sympathy and condolences to the uh, the Williams family. Um, I think the reason that it hit it's hit this one, you know, celebrities pass away every day. You know, somebody passes away every day. 
But I think the reason that this one is hitting people so, so hard is because Robin Williams was so beloved, and we all grew up with him. Like, he touched every generation. He was a part of every generation, starting back in the 70s. And he was, you know, kids loved him. They knew his voice. And he was always, he always seemed up. So the fact that he took his own life, it seems like the, the complete antithesis, you know, antithesis of, of what he was. But as you said, something people need to understand, depression is an illness. Okay, folks? It's, it's an illness. It's a mental illness. It's an imbalance. It's something that people can't really, they can't control it. It's uh, something where they need help. And if anybody is having any of those feelings, they really need to, to reach out to somebody. Just please, I don't care who it is, talk to someone. But don't do that one thing that you can't undo. So that's that on him. And as far as to his daughter, I totally support her. And I think that those people who do that, they're scum of the earth. I actually posted about that this morning. It just it, it made me throw up a little in my mouth that there were people that, that were so cruel and so heartless as to to do or, or to say the things that made her do that. And um, to your last point, with um, football coming, SEC Network starting tomorrow, so that's going to kick off, I believe, at 6 p.m., I believe it is. And yep. uh, Yeah, we're looking, for, um, looking forward to watching the Gophers. We're looking forward to watching the Tide. We're looking forward to seeing and hearing a lot of people get shut up. <laughs> and as I say uh, to everybody right now, you know, I recently joined Twitter, and I get to see a lot of the sports analysts and athletes and all these people talk. And one thing that's so funny to me is that the, the, the professional ones always agree with what I say, and that is, why even sit here and talk about anything? There's not been one down a ball played yet. Okay, we can sit here and speculate. We can sit here and guess. But call it that, you know. Don't sit here and try to definitively say, oh, this offense is going to be this this year or this defense is going to be this this year. We hope they are, but we don't know until we're at least three games into the season. So I think people need to back it up a little bit and just be a little bit more realistic and, and kind of calm down before uh, a lot of feelings get hurt and bubbles get burst. Yeah, and I want to throw out the SEC network coming out. And, and you know, I'm not going to be the one that's going to sit and watch the SEC network every day. I'll, I'll watch the SEC network when they have live games on or if I need to watch a recording of one that I missed. But the people that they chose to do the SEC Network, I'm just honestly, and it's probably just me, I'm not a big fan of Tim Tebow. I'm not a big fan of David Pollack. I'm not a big fan of Paul Feinbaum. People like that that will be on this show. I mean, I, I respect what they know about football other than Paul Feinbaum, of course. But if, to, in order for me to get away from ESPN, like College Game Day, it's not going to happen by watching these guys. And, and I think and y'all tell me what you think. I think the SEC network, if it's not careful, it could be a bust in, in people's minds. Right now the expectations are just this this huge thing that's coming out. But if they're not careful who they bring on this show, Sonya, I mean, this, this could be not, not such a good thing. I think a lot is weighing on, on Greg McElroy's shoulders because he really is respected. He does know what he's talking about. 
and he's one of those people where, I mean, first of all, he's you know you, when you look at his football pedigree, you know, not just the Bama, but you know his family, his dad, the Dallas Cowboys connection. So I think they're looking at him as being the young Herb Street and waiting. Plus, when he did some stuff for the Jets, and plus when he did some stuff uh, while he was still at Bama for the SEC. He definitely, like you could see sports analysts in his history, you know, or in his future. And I think what a lot of people are doing are kind of banking on him being sort of like the, I don't know, the centerpiece in a way. And then also bringing in people like Dari Nokwa, you know, people who are already well-respected and known for their football knowledge. That's going to help a lot. I think those are going to be the centerpieces and the guys like the fine bombs and those other guys because of the fact that there could be bias towards, you know, certain teams or, or you know, the East or the West, um, they're going to be kind of like the, the sideline reporters. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's not gonna I'm be interested. I have, to, I have to be honest. I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm interested to, you know, if you, you, we all listen to Feinbaum on occasion. You know, we, we check it out. But now to see these, these uh Morons on TV actually maybe see their picture. That could be that could be entertaining, but you have to give it to old Paul Feinbaum. I mean, he's he's gotten rich off of off of people calling in his show. I mean, he's brilliant in that way. I mean, the guy's brilliant in and you know getting people to call in his show, pushing people's buttons and everything. But one thing about Paul Feinbaum, and you're right, the balance. He doesn't really know the X's and O's of football. He can't really carry on a football discussion with you without mentioning right. Nick Saban or the SEC. So he, he can't tell you the wide receiver or what kind of route they're running or the fullback, what they're doing, but he, he'll, he'll, he'll push the buttons of America and he'll push the buttons of, of those on, the, you know, on his cast right there, the guys, his partners, and that could make it a better show if he, you know, he pisses off uh, David Pollock or, or Greg McElroy. It could make them actually better. Yeah, exactly. Well, see, that's the thing. They actually know what they're talking about. I mean, these are guys who were out there on the field. They know the game. There's nothing that you can tell them, uh, you know, about when they're talking about a play or about uh, a certain player or a certain position or a certain coach. They actually have something that makes sense. They can say something that makes sense. And there's no – there's – no bias. That's what I do like about them is they that they can be objective. With Paul Feinbaum, basically all he does is he starts the fire, stands back, and, you know, squirts a little, um, what do you call it, lighter fluid on it every once in a while. And then you're stuck yeah. with a bunch of idiots. I don't want to hear that all day long. I want to hear well, the G-Max and the, and the, and the Dari Noquas and the, you know, the, uh, what's his name, the McShane, you know, hear those guys. I want to hear them talk about the season. I want to hear them talk about what's going on in the SEC. So that, I think, will be the focus, and those guys will just be, you know, sprinkled in filler. Well, you know who I'd like to see on, on ESPN game day, and he's been on the show a couple of times, and I'm not just saying this because he's been on the show, Tom Lukenbill. You know, you, you look at a football mind like, like him, I, I just wonder if he'll – He'll make the move eventually and maybe replace a Corso or or Desmond Howard, for God's sakes. I mean, give me somebody in there that can talk X's and O's football. And Tom Luganville is one of the best in the business, Kurt Herbstreet. I, I like Fowler, too, okay? He, he's not the, the X's and O's kind of guy either. But, 
But, you know, Greg McElroy got it started. He came out and picked Auburn to win the SEC. You know, an ex-Alabama quarterback, two national championships, comes out and picks Auburn. Was that kind of the – to, to let people know, Sonia, that, that he's not just an Alabama homer, maybe so they'll listen to him and maybe cause a little controversy. Well, I actually think it was because of the fact that he he knows his stuff. That's the thing I love about GMAC. Greg McElroy, if you really, really take away take away the take off the homer glasses and take off the rose cuddle you know, colored bottles and the crimson bottles, you will realize that Greg McElroy actually can objectively talk about every team, not only in the SEC, but within college football, and give you his honest, direct opinion. He's just not going to play homer. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't expect less of him. Yeah, I think you're right. I used to not like Greg McElroy on the field, but I respected him. You know what he did, and like even with the Jets, I mean, he, he got on those guys, even as a backup quarterback, saying you guys need to to learn how to play as a team. You know, he wanted to win, and that's all he's about. But uh, I've listened to him carry on conversation and interviews. Probably one of the best interviews I've I've heard out there with with a college football quarterback in a in a long time, actually. So it's going to be oh, good yeah. to hear him. And you're right, quarterbacks know more about the game usually than anybody. I mean, they have to, in a way. They have to know everything about football in order to be successful. So Greg McElroy should be a good addition. Tebow, I'm, I'm, I'm not real fired up about him. I just I know why they brought him on there, because, you know, people want to see. Just like Johnny Manziel, people want to watch him. Just like Johnny Manziel in his first preseason game, it was a NFL Network record, the most ever to watch a preseason football game and pretty soon if Johnny Manziel doesn't cut up the NFL, Sonia, you, you know, you'll probably see Johnny Manziel on the SEC Network. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Jason, um, we watch the Big Ten Network a lot. Harvin, Steve uh, might surprise a few people. I mean, you know, I think he'll do I think he'll do good. You know, I think he'll surprise Who? a lot of people. Who, McElroy? No, no, Tebow. I mean, oh, I'm you sorry. Gotta, you got to start somewhere, you know, and why not? And the thing he'll be able to bring is the perspective of he knows football. Yeah, he knows football. He's been on both sides of the fence of you know everybody loves you now you're being booed and now you can't find a team. So he can give that perspective, you know, how it really is. Um, the only thing that I think that he will have a problem with, but I don't think it's going to be that much of a problem, is sounding too much like he's on a soapbox. You know what I mean? But I really think that that if you put him and Greg together or him and Darby together, that will balance that out. You know, they'll be able to pull him back if it looks like he's going off too far off tangent. But, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it. We'll just see. There's always going to be t- – Sonia, I don't want to say this wrong. It might offend some people, but I just don't think Tebow's that smart. I mean, I, when I hear him talk, when I, I, just, I just don't think, like when I see McElroy, honestly, he's a very, very intelligent person. You know, he's eloquent in the way he talks. And Tebow, to me, I just don't get that from him. I just don't think he's smart. I, I really don't. Am I, am I off on that? He's a simpleton. And he's a simpleton, Carvey. I mean, it's you know that's how you would describe him. That's the difference. Yeah, maybe I just never, I never cared for Tim Tebow. And I, you remember me and Big E used to, 
to get into it about Tim Tebow. I think Everett has a poster of him on his wall in his bedroom still, but I've just never been a Tim Tebow fan. Maybe I can learn to love uh, Tim Tebow. But I want to get to something real quick in college football. We've talked about it on this show probably a month or so ago, but uh, what's his name? I'm sorry. It just uh, Beckham, the receiver that was told at Missouri he's done. Technically, he was kicked off in a way, you know, for – uh, robbery, really, investigating into that, some other things with drugs. Oklahoma, guys, is just beating down the NCAA's door right now trying to get him eligible. And, and in the offseason, we've heard Bob Stoops run his mouth over and over again. And and tell me what you think, guys. I mean, Bob Stoops is putting winning ahead of and, – and a lot of schools do it ahead of anything. But if you're a coach with ethics, would you really go out and petition the NCAA right now to get this this thug, really, the way he's acted in Missouri to get kicked out of that school to try to get him to play this year immediately for Oklahoma, Sonny. You want to answer that first you want me to? I know why he's doing it, Tarvin. I mean, you would do it if, if you're – I mean, there's high expectations for this year for Oklahoma. Very, very high, high expectations. So, yeah, I mean, he's doing whatever he needs to do to just add that insurance. So, yeah, he's, that's why he's doing it. Me? I I don't – I'm not surprised at all because I believe in second chances, all right? The bottom line is sometimes it's a situation where the kid and the school just don't mix. And I'm going to give you an example that's close to home. What if Auburn had said that about Cam Newton? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but he sat out a year. He sat out a year, though. He tried, but I'm he just saying. But I'm just saying. What if that junior college had said, nah, nah, nah? Sometimes, you know, it, 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 it's like, okay, after three strikes, nah, dude, you ain't going to do right. You just ain't going to end right. You got to go. But. I always believe, especially when you you have somebody with so much talent, you want to give them as many chances as possible to get it right. Once you see a pattern of, okay, look, you went here and you messed up, you moved over here, you messed up, you moved over here, you messed up, all right, done. But if it's, all right, you were here and you messed up, we're going to see how you do over here. If we see the same pattern of behavior, nah. But right now we think that you could do so much, but in order for us to put you in that position, you're going to have to live up to the standard on and off the field. And that might be what he needs. You know what I mean? He might need that yeah. right? That discipline, that that 24 hours, somebody's on your back, somebody's watching you, you got to report in, you know. You, you, he might need that in order to be shown this talent can take you to the next level. Uh, you, just, you just never know. But I don't think well, that you just – up on a kid after the first try. You just got to see. Well, Cam Cam bought a stolen laptop, and that's if you look back at his record, and even after college in the NFL, I mean, he's had him gotten a speeding ticket. You know, I mean, this kid is, is as clean as they come, really, when it comes to that. He made a mistake. But this guy, Beckham, over, over, and over again, doing some stuff that will get you locked up in prison, not – you know, buy the stolen laptop will get you arrested. You know, if it's proven that you did it intentionally and everything, it can get you in trouble. But 
you know, Marshall got kicked out of Georgia. He played a year in junior college. Corey Grant decided to leave Alabama. He transferred, set out a year. What I'm saying is this guy all of a sudden is going to forget the rule of the NCAA had the one year. They have a loophole in this. And I, I just have a bad feeling that, that Bob Stoops going to look even worse than what he does now once well, either, this Beckham kid comes. Well, it all depends. on It's all on Beckham's shoulder. He's really rolling the dice, I'll tell you that, because either he's going to come out looking like he's going to have the coup of the season if he can get this guy on track and they perform, or he's going to, you know <laughs> – Come up, snake eyes, and it's going to be like, ah, crap. Lost it all. So it's a roll of the dice, and it's a big roll of the dice. All i got to say is Stoops must be something that other people don't, or he must have some sort of confidence in order to to stick his neck out like that. So uh, Doriel better better be very, very thankful, you know, that you've Uh, got a coach. Stoops wants to win a championship. That's what he wants to do. He wants to win a championship at all costs, and – he doesn't care about Beckham. He doesn't care about really anything. He just wants to win so people will quit making fun of him for choking in most games that he coaches in. But let me tell you something, guys. Everybody out there listening, if you're you're on that bandwagon with all the ESPN people and CBS and Fox, CNN, all these guys talking about Oklahoma, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you guys, they're not going to be in that playoff and, and call me Nostradamus if you want. But I'm telling you, this team – didn't impress me last year. They didn't even impress me in the Sugar Bowl, really. They pulled a game out when, I guess, a team that really didn't really care to be there, and that's the honest truth. No excuses, but they, but it is the truth. And now let's see what this, this team can do now with the expectations on them. It's a lot different when you're playing coming out of nowhere. You lose to Texas. Uh, you lose to – who else did they get blown out to? By Baylor. And then you sneak up on somebody, but now – Auburn will find it out this year, too. Oklahoma's about to find out what it's like to, to be the hunted. Now, all of a sudden, they're in the limelight, Sonia. They're, their expectations mm-hmm. are real high, like Jason said. So let's see what big game Bob does now. Tarvin. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure we could hear you. This is the deal, and this is what this is why I always sit back and laugh. Every team that's ever beaten Alabama – all right, the first thing they do is celebrate, and all of a sudden that team becomes what, honey? All of a sudden they're top tier and a team to watch, and they're going to be all hot and blah, 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 blah. And then guess what happens? Aww, what? But we thought they were going to – but they beat Alabama. But, 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 no, sweetie, it's consistency. You luffed up, you beat a good team, all right? You came prepared. You came in, you kicked butt, you won fair and square. You won that game. I am not taking anything away from OU. I'm not taking anything away from Auburn. They were the winners at the end of the game. But if you look at it now, who's still being talked about up there in that top-tier team talk? Alabama. And that's because Alabama has a history, a recent history. You don't have to go 10, 15, 25 years back and talk about how you won in 1980 this or 1990 this. We can go back and say, well, hey, these guys just won. But the time will come when somebody else has that top-tier spot 
in Alabama be talking about, oh, well, remember when we won back in, you know, 2009, 11, and 12. So it's, it's football is cyclical, you know, and people need to understand when you're up, enjoy it, celebrate it, but don't get cocky and don't get arrogant because the time will come when you're going to be at the bottom looking up. You're not always going to be at the top looking down. So you got to always remember those times, and that's why, you know, true fans stay humble because they realize, hey, this is a good time for us, but we could, hey, we remember those days, and some are longer than yeah. others. Well, you look at, you know, the media, they never get it right. I mean, that's the first thing. If you look back, even Saban made fun of them, you know, like, hey, guys, you he predicts all this stuff every preseason. Why can't you ever get it right? And he, he's serious when he says that. He wants them to let them know that you think you're smart, you think you know all this, but, but you're nothing. I mean, you, you can't get this right. Right now, the love, there's, there's, a, there's a few teams that, that everybody's consistent on. Everybody's consistent. Florida State, you might as well just pencil them into the college football playoff. Uh, there's four teams in there. Florida State, obviously, you know, they won it last year. Why not? They have the best uh, quarterback in the world, you know, Heisman Trophy winner. They're in there. Alabama's being talked about. Recruiting's been good for them. Um, six, recent success has been good. So those two. Oklahoma, for some reason, they're penciled into everyone's. And then there's a debate after those three. So Florida State, Alabama, Oklahoma, there's Oregon. People have Oregon in there. People have Auburn in there. People have Ohio State, UCLA. Some people Michigan. even have uh, Michigan State coming in there. I mean, but it's it's one of those things that I guarantee you guys, we sit here right now, Florida State, Alabama, and Oklahoma, and I'll tell you right now, one of those teams at the max will make a college football playoff this year. Anybody want to yep. bet me on that? or do you, one, one of them. That's and I tell one. you what, then, one of the teams not being talked about that people are ignoring, like the Minnesotas, you know, teams like that, watch them turn around and start making noise, and people are like, well, wait, where are, they com- you know, where are they come from? No, they'll just say, ah, it's just the Big Ten, they still suck. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I'm, but I totally get what you're saying, Brian. It's like all of these people with all of these – you know, you know what I call them. I call them Nostradamuses because they never get anything right. And it's just so funny because I just sit back and I read all of these people and they swear by it and they always swear by this person. And then when you go back and look at the history and it's like, dude, okay, let's look at the last four years. Four years ago this dude said these four teams would be contending. None of them are right. Okay, the year after that he said these four teams would be contending. He was not, none of them were right. This year, you know, last year he said these four teams. Now this year he's saying, you know, he's saying these four teams. At what point do you realize that he's just throwing darts at a wall, okay? (laughs) He's just throwing stuff out to see what sticks. It's like that same Auburn fan that, that we knew who would always come on the group, would never see him when Auburn was doing, you know, not doing so well. But he'd always come on at least at the beginning of every season and say, Auburn's going to do this and they're going to do this. Auburn's going to go to the SEC championship and they're going to win the national, national championship. Book it. He said that for four years straight. When it finally happened, he was like, I told you, I'm a genius. Nobody picked Auburn last year. 
Nobody tarvin except for okay. you and <laughs> Quinn. Yep. I don't. I don't think I picked them. I, I was higher on them. I was, I was giving them some wins, but the year before, when they went three and nine, was the year that they actually, you know, I thought could do something that nobody was thinking, and that was part of me being a fan. But but a part of it was, hey, they had the people on the field, they had everything in place, they just didn't have the chemistry, they didn't have the locker room. We're going to take a call from the four hundred nine area code. You're on way in sports. Who's this? Hey, Brian, this is Nathaniel Walters. Hey, Nathan, how's it going, man? I'm good, man. I'm sorry I'm never around to listen to this show or call in and talk to you or anything, and that makes me sad. So I'm happy I have this glorious Wednesday evening off. What's up, Nathan? So, hey, Nathan. What's up, girl? How you doing? Oh, you know, I'm just hanging out in Texas, hating the Longhorn. <laughs> Oh, that's right. You're a Husker and Longhorn Nation, right? That's that's, that's right. Uh, it's, it's it's tough for me here, and I, I can't tell you how much I love the fact that the University of Texas is incredibly irrelevant. It is really, next to Nebraska winning the national championship every single year, the thing that would make me happiest in college football is Texas losing every game. <laughs> Wow, that's some serious hate, Nathan. I mean, you, you don't have faith in, in Charlie Strong turning it around at Texas. I mean, he's cleaning house right now. There's some people, I'm hearing some whispers out there that Texas could make a run for the Big 12 title. Um, well, they're going to stay whispers, and they'll, they'll become nothing but, you know, inaudible gasps later on when Texas falls in their face. Not that I don't have much respect for Charlie Strong. I really do for what he did at Louisville and what he was able to get out of, uh, you know, take those players out of Florida. But this is Texas. Um, th- he's going to have to recruit Texas players and not go to Florida. Not because he doesn't want to, but because that's the people that hired him. They're going to require that. They're going to require that he get players from where he's not comfortable getting them from, and he's not a Texas guy. You know, Mac Brown, even come from North Carolina and everything, seemed like he was somebody that was from the South and was somebody that could really, you know, uh, empathize with the people, the the big, you know, the big straw hats and the big ten gallon hats here in Texas, and that's not something that Charlie Strong is able to do right out of the gate. Do I think he's going to have success at Texas? I do. I don't think it's going to be this year. Well, how's your Nebraska Cornhuskers looking this year? Well, uh, if you are unaware, apparently, according to most Nebraska fans, the entire team is injured. Uh, we ha- uh, the Huskers uh, lost. Probable starting middle linebacker Michael Rose for the season with the uh, ACL injury. Uh, the secondary was hit hard twice, once with Leo Alexander, uh, probable starter back there uh, next to Corey Cooper. Not Corey Cooper. Uh, yeah, actually, it's Corey Cooper back there. And then the safety, he's out for the season suspension. Uh, and then uh, lost another defensive back. And then also uh, redshirt freshman Adam Taylor, who I'm really big on uh, – and as far as running backs go, obviously Amir Abdullah is the, the head guy there at running back, but I'm really big on Adam Taylor. He broke his ankle last week. So, uh, you know, physical first week of practice or something, or the cleats are bad or the turf is bad, or as usual, Nebraska fans say, well, ESPN hates Nebraska, so they injured our players. Uh, you know, it's Florida Atlantic coming up in, in a couple of weeks, so I think they'll be fine. If they're not fine against Florida Atlantic, then uh, – 
boy, I really hate to see what's going to happen against Miami and against Fresno and against teams that Nebraska should beat easily. Well, you're out there and in, in you're close to Oklahoma. You're hearing a lot of stuff. Are you are you buying uh, are you buying the Oklahoma Sooners this season, making a, a Final Four push? Oh yeah, uh, I think that uh, about a month and a half, maybe two months ago, you and I had a conversation, and I I picked them uh, actually to win the national championship this year. Um, I think they're what they found in Trevor Knight at that at the quarterback position. You kind of saw what he did uh, against Alabama. Uh, I, I really like what he brings to the table. They they have a lot, especially on defense. Their schedule is incredibly uh, easy to navigate. Uh, I, I like them a lot uh, to to easily win the Big 12. I am again not not sold on what Baylor can do, and nobody else should be either. 52 points a game means nothing. You can't stop anybody at Texas Tech. Um, the, the Big 12 is is this year, especially. You look at a down team in Oklahoma State. We've already spoken about Texas. Uh, I don't care that Ryan Felipe or whoever out there is is coaching at, at Texas Tech, unless you can coach football. It doesn't matter how you know how gorgeous you are. And yes, my girlfriend thinks he's absolutely gorgeous. Um, you know, you look at Kansas State, Bill Snyder. I don't think that they should be ranked where they are. I think they're 21st right now in the coaches' poll. They shouldn't be ranked there. They 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 don't return a lot either. Uh, Iowa State, Kansas. I mean, you look at the schedule and it, it's 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 garbage schedule for a BCS team like Oklahoma, who I think is fairly loaded. To, to make that run there, if nothing else, to, to the playoff. And, yes, I think that once they get there, they've shown, even last year, the medal to be able to play with those teams in the SEC. And you saw, you know, and, and I think that they – that's who I picked, really, to win the national championship, and I picked that in, in March. Wow. Well, Nathan, thanks for calling in, but um, you pick Oklahoma to win a championship. Well, I believe Santa Claus is real, too, so – I'm not buying that, Miss Minson. I'm not. I'm not buying that just right now. You heard it here. Oklahoma will not make it, and we're going to bring on a special guest tonight. Uh, Sean Robert, Five Star Sports, and also his colleague. I'm going to bring. I think this is the right number right here. Let me make sure I'm right. We have a lot of callers in the studio. Sean, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you tonight? There he I'm is. doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for thanks for joining us on the show tonight. I know we had to reschedule a couple of times because of of my crazy schedule, and and we had to cancel the show actually a couple of times. So thanks for joining us tonight. How's everything going? It's going well, and and uh, my business partner is on here as well. Her name's Amanda, so hopefully she can hear us. Amanda, welcome to the show. Is she going to be doing the interview with you, or, or are you just going to do the interview? Well, I thought she was, but uh, it might be just me for right now. <laughs> well, what is, 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 is she a nine four one? Is she a nine four one number? Is her yes, she is nine four one. Okay, let me bring yes. Amanda on. Amanda, sorry for the delay. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, great. How are you? I'm, I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for joining us tonight, and thanks for adjusting your schedules to to fit to match with ours. Sorry for the delay last week. I'm glad you both could could join us. So, Sean, I'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about Five Star Sports. Sure. Uh, well, we're starting uh, Five Star Sports is a, a recruiting uh, online website. It's uh, national. And basically, um, it was my partner's brainstorm, and and uh, as a former college coach, and and her as a former um, All-American uh, uh, player and professional athlete, 
Um, we're trying to, to help high school kids get noticed by colleges and kind of give them a unique experience, uh, you know, from me being on the other side now, knowing kind of what uh, college coaches are looking for, and I can sort of help share that knowledge and, and help kids. Uh, we can help kids recognize their dream of, of finding a, a perfect fit for them, uh, both for a, uh athletic program and, and academic and the college experience. Well, Amanda, uh, I mean, it takes a special kind of person, in, in just my opinion, to, to do this job. What, what, what actually made you decide to, to take this path? Um, a long time ago, um, someone wise told me, and it was actually my father, that um, when you grow up, after you've played sports throughout the years, um, you should always give back to the community. And so that's kind of the role that I've taken on. Um, I started with a small uh, sports facility in town, working with kids in the area, and a travel team that's actually doing extremely well. And now I'm, I'm ready to build into multiple sports, and I've partnered up with Sean to uh, take on that role um, and try to help as many kids as we possibly can because there's, there are a lot of a lot of talented athletes out there, but they just don't know exactly what it takes to get to that next level, and they don't understand that it's not about division; it's about finding the right fit school for you. So. Well, Sean, you you see a lot of kids. Some of the the best athletes we can name of all time came from smaller schools. Maybe maybe they weren't recruited the right way. Maybe they didn't develop. But what, what do you tell these kids that? that have expectations too high maybe. Maybe they're not fit to be at Ohio State right now. How do you get them to buy into what you're selling? Well, basically, I mean, we want them to dream big, but they also have to have realistic goals too. So if you have your dream school, then you have your, your want schools, and then you always have a backup school. Because the, the main thing, and, and as a coach, I would always tell these kids too as a recruiter, and this will help on this end too, is you want to go to a place that you're wanted. Um, if you continually... Uh, email a coach or call a coach and they're not showing a lot of interest, um, you may be able to go there, you may be able to walk on, but are you going to have that same experience that you'd have if a coach is really coming after you and they really want you there? Uh, and, and as a coach who recruited you know, a lot of players and a lot of talented players, the ones that I got that knew they were wanted, they had a great experience and, and I got the best out of them. So that's really what I try to, to, to tell uh, the athletes of go where you're wanted. Amanda, it, it seems to me that, that it, I'll, I'll focus on college football, and you can probably enlighten me on a lot of other things, but it seems like to me these these coaches are, are taking advantage of some of these kids. They're they're offering them scholarships, and then when the kids commit, they, they kind of jerk it out from under them, or kids get hurt and they lose their scholarship. What are you guys doing to, to educate these, these kids that the coaches aren't always your best friends? Um, basically, we're, we take, when we take on the role of um, recruiting these, or helping these kids in the recruiting process, um, we actually have a recruiting service department where professionals who have, have been in this field for quite a while, they work hand-in-hand -hand with the athletes and they communicate with them depending on the sport about what to look for when they get to college. Um, a lot of these kids, they, they get to school and they don't, you know, they come in, they're a big star in um, high school and they come in and they're just another kid out of, you know, 10, 12, sometimes depending on the sport, 20, 30 athletes that are recruited for that year. Um, and they really have to learn how to shine. And a lot of them don't have the work ethic because they, it came natural growing up 
So they get to college where everybody is the same, if not better than them, and they don't understand how to work hard to get to where they want to go and their goals. So we take on that role of um, promoting that athlete and teaching them exactly what it's going to take to not only go to college and get a scholarship, but to be successful when they get to that level. What a college coach is looking for for an athlete in order to start and things to that nature. Well, Sean, you know, looking at recruiting these days, it seems like parents are in the picture, you know, sometimes in a negative sense, you see parents trying to steer their kids in the wrong direction. How difficult is it sometimes to get the kids and the parents on the same page? Uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of it's challenging to an extent, but it, it seems the biggest thing is the communication because, you know, when I first got started, it was always you could have a phone call. Well, as you know now, everybody's doing social media, they're texting, they're, you know, tweeting, they're doing all this other stuff. So, uh, what you learn is that if you really want to engage the kids and get them on the same page, you've got to get on their level, and you've got to communicate with them with a way that's comfortable for them. Um, you know, I could have a conversation with a kid on the phone in the last five minutes, but as soon as I hang up and I start texting with that kid, you know, we're having a 30-minute conversation. Uh, so that, them understanding. Now, the other thing is the parents are usually paying, so you try to say the same things to the, uh, to the parents that you're saying to the kids, so they all know sort of what's going on. So nobody's really getting one story and then, you know, somebody else is getting a different story. And if you tell, you know, if you tell the recruit, hey, make sure you tell your parents, make sure you let them know what we're talking about. And then if you talk to the parent, I always say, hey, make sure you talk with, you know, so-and-so, make your daughter, your, your son, make sure that they know what we've talked about so you guys are on the same thing. And then the biggest thing is really kind of when you get them on a visit, when they're there together so everybody can hear what's, what's being said. Amanda, what what is the – and I've always wondered this. Um, say you have a child that's a very good athlete and, and he's young, he or she's very young. What's a good age to, to get with a recruiting service like yours to be able to, to maybe map out? I know, if, you know, we, we talk about recruiting as juniors and seniors, but how early – I mean, when is too early, actually, uh, to get um, your service? Well, to answer your question, when you get into your junior year of high school, if you haven't done the recruiting process, you're way too late. Um, honestly, you could actually start your recruiting process 7th, 8th grade. Um, can college coaches contact you at that point? No. But if you're making the contact, the goal is to get your name on the list. So let's say you contact a college coach um, that first time, that initial contact, that coach may just look at it and throw it into the rest of the pile like, you know, they're seeing thousands and thousands of kids that come through. So if your name continues to pop up and you're constantly trying to make these contacts at an early age, eventually these coaches are going to put your name on this list and then they're going to try to, you know, if they're at a, if, if they're at a local tournament where you may be playing and with your team, they're going to swing by and come and, and watch you play. And that's what you, that's what you want essentially is you want to get as many coaches as possible to see you play. Then it's up to you at that point. But the initial contact should be made somewhere, you know, 7th, 8th grade, ninth grade at the latest. Well, Sean, you know, in, in, in what you do every day for a living, I mean, you, you run into a lot of, of college coaches. You, you hear a lot of stories. Have you ever had a situation, and you don't have to give me specifics on it or anything, but have you ever run into a situation where you had to warn a kid 
uh, about a coach? And if you have a bad feeling about a coach or a bad experience, do you do you keep kids away from that coach and that that program? Well, being as that I was a college coach, and 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 we really haven't started on this end just yet, but I have made a lot of contacts and and, and things of that of kids that even um, that if I recruit and they chose not to go to me. One of the things that I learned is I, I try not to warn a kid or badmouth another coach because I, I, I wouldn't want that done to me. But there's a way of, of saying it in a positive way that you just let them know, of, hey, this coach may be this way. Now, that's your decision to make. I'm not telling you to not go there or whatever, but I want to make sure that you know that this is how this coach is. And so, because sometimes we all know, and those of us that watch big time college football and all that, we know how things are said. I always try to, because uh, you're young, you're 16, 17, and, and for my own, uh, if I can expand upon that just a little bit, from my own recruiting experience, I really didn't know anything. Um, and when I got recruited, I got recruited to the school where I thought the coach really wanted me, and I come to find out it was just a number. Um, so as I got into coaching and now I'm doing this, I want to make sure that those kids don't have the same experience that I do. So I always tell them everything they need to know, and they they make the decision. So at least they make it in an informed way, and they're not misled or anything like that. You make a decision based on, hey, maybe he's a tough coach, maybe she's a tough coach, maybe she's a yeller, maybe she's real soft. That's your decision to make if you want to play for that type of coach. So you try not to badmouth, but you want the kids to be, you know, aware of what's going on. It's just in how you say it, and uh, I think there's a way you can say it positively, um, while still making the kid aware that, hey, this may be something you want to think about. Amanda, with the with the NCAA losing its its power, it seems like a lot of changes will be coming to recruiting, possibly more agents being able to get to these kids. Uh, what are you doing right now to, to prepare for that? I mean, the chances of, of these kids being possibly illegally recruited, what are you doing to – to try to prevent that from happening? Um, well, we've actually put in place um, some great representatives in our, our um, business where they gonna, they're going to keep up on all the rules and regulations of the NCAA in each sport. So every sport will have a director, and that director is going to understand all the rules and regulations, keep up on anything new coming in, and that way these kids know exactly as soon as that, that law comes out or that rule comes out, exactly what needs to be done or what cannot be done in order to eliminate any illegal recruiting. Well, Sean, there's, there's going to be some, a lot of people listening to this show now and later. Tell us, tell us what separates, separates you and your, and your business from everybody else. There's, it seems like people are trying to do the same thing, but, but reading what you do, I'm, I'm very impressed hearing what Sonia has to say about you too. Tell us what, what separates you from everyone. Well, I think the biggest thing I could say is the people that we hire. Um, we have, myself included, we have people in place who are on the other end of things. They were on the college level. Uh, if you look at some of these other recruiting services, um, what I've noticed is they're either former athletes, um, whether it be college level athletes or professional athletes. So they understand the experience from being recruited as an athlete. I think what we bring is the, the other side of what it's like, what a coach is looking for exactly based on a coach themselves. Um, you know, there's myself, there's a couple other coaches that we'll have on board, and, 
and I think that gives us uh, a definite, unique, and different experience than, than some of these other recruiting services where we can say, look, from my experience, this is what I look for as a coach, and this may help you. Um, and I really think that that's going to kind of make us be very successful. And I'm excited. I'm excited because, you know, having coached for, you know, well, you know, 15-plus years on the college level, um, to be able to help the kids and, and, and do it from this this end and this side of things, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm glad to hear that, that Sonia was saying what she's saying, and I'm glad to hear you're impressed. And I really appreciate you giving us this opportunity to talk more about what we have and, and uh, you know, get, get the name uh, Five Star Sports Inc. out there for us. Well, tell us, everyone out there, how to how they get in touch with you, so the website, Twitter, Facebook, whatever way they can get in contact with you, Amanda, or anyone um, uh, with your business. Yeah, um, right now uh, the, the website's under construction, so uh, we're still developing it. It should be ready hopefully by the end of August or so, uh, but it's 5ssi.com, um, and basically you'll be able to number look. Five. What's that? The number five, make sure you let them know. Yeah, it's the number five. So it's www.5ssi.com. Uh, there's information on there a little bit right now, um, but really kind of um, I, I know eventually Sonia is going to be getting us uh, handling the Twitter account, Facebook page, and all of that. So we'll, we'll kind of be all over the place. And, and hopefully, Brian, you'll have us back on the show again when we're up and running and, and starting our business. I definitely will, and I have a favor to ask. You know, I'm 37 now. I have a couple of years of eligibility, Sean. Can you get me, you know, on a major college football program? Well, I'll have to check with our recruiting director, and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> but, but, hey, I, I can't die on the field now. I'm out of shape, but, you know, maybe you, you, have to, you have to get me a good deal, and I have to be guaranteed a starting spot and, and guaranteed to survive out there, which I don't know if I could anymore. But I just want to thank y'all for coming on, and um, definitely when it when it gets under when it gets uh, completed and everything, once you get rocking and rolling, we'll definitely have both of you back on. And if there's other people you'd like to bring with you to, to do some interviews, I'm all for that. But again, I want to thank y'all for coming out and joining us tonight. It's, it's been a great time, great interview, and I wish you wish you luck on on your future here. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Have a good night. And Sonia Minson brought these two to my attention. I started doing some research, looking at them. Very impressed. And and I'll be honest, and Sonia will tell you I don't blow smoke um, really at all. I won't say nothing at all if I'm not going to say anything nice. But these two were phenomenal. I have a great feeling about them and what they're doing. Anytime you can go out and you can help kids, be better. I mean, that's a selfless act. Of course, they make a little money doing it. You have to stay in business and be able to um, <laughs> to pay your expenses. That's business and life. But I coached basketball for seven years, and you know, I played sports all my life. But never there was a more rewarding time. Winning a championship, whatnot, didn't matter. Helping a kid find who he really was, helping him develop. That's the best feeling in the world. Helping somebody else is, is why we're here on earth. And these guys are going out there, helping these kids find a place where they need to go to help better their future. Because one bad choice can can really just set your whole career down a bad path. And, and when we're 18, 17, 19, 20 years old, 
we don't know, especially as men, we have no clue what we're going to do. We're very impulsive. We don't think things through. And thank God for people like Sean and Amanda out there that can can talk sense, especially, you know, Sean being a, a, a former coach. How important is that? That's how you get through to people. If you played, Amanda played sports as well. That's how you get through to these kids. They need to be looking up to someone that was in the same position. And Sean, like he said, he didn't have any clue about what was going on in recruiting. Now he can take that information, all of that knowledge through coaching, through bad experiences, and help these kids find the right home. I mean, that's a selfless act. And thank them again for coming. That was the website's going to be www.thenumber5fsi.com. Looking forward uh, to having them back on the show. We really appreciate them coming. And I'm going to take a call from the 213 area code. You're on way in sports. Who's this? Really, Tarvin? You don't know my number now all of a sudden? I'm sorry. I have about 40 numbers in there, man. I'm not paying attention. I'm sorry. No, there's really 20 numbers. I just counted them. How's it going, Cuervo? <laughs> I'm good, Brian. How are you, man? Oh, doing good. Sonia's with us. I'll bring her back with me right quick. Sonia, are you What's here? What's up, Cuervo? Sonia, can you believe this guy? He forgot my number already. I know. Oh, That's a well, Barner you, for you. Is that what you call him, Barner? You, you, no, don't, you don't call as much as Sonia does. I have her number memorized. I don't have your number. Oh, so, so that's what you're going to pull on me. Okay, I see how it is, Okay. I don't call him. You got you well, to give him a little, a little slack. <laughs> he was blown away by Sean and Amanda. They were great. They were they were great. And uh, I really like the, the two people interview right there coming at me. Usually it's two versus one. Now it was on the other side. I really enjoy both of them. And I really, and I'm not saying this, Sonia, you know me. I don't just say stuff to say it. I think this is, I can tell by talking to them, they're real um, sincere about what they're doing and they're passionate. But uh, Cuervo, you know, college football, we've already talked about it. It's two weeks away, man. Have you got the, the beer purchased yet? Have you got the grill ready? I mean, what are your plans for the Thursday night and two weeks from tomorrow night? Oh, that stuff's been, I mean, it's, it's it, it replenishes constantly. I, I've been having the you know the grill ready, the beer stock. Uh, that, that started once it started getting hot. Because you know how it is in Chicago. I mean, the winter was miserable. So once we saw the sun again, it was like, oh, it's starting to get warm. And you know, I, I had I had to bring everything out. And, and it's been it's been a great summer, but now it's going to get even better with uh, college football starting. You know, Sonia, I don't know what it's like to to sit around and drink beer and watch college football. You know, I just I have to watch it sober. I don't because I like to remember everything and pay attention to everything. I don't know about you, Sonia, but I have to stay sober during these games. Yeah, I can't. I get. I can't get too drunk. I got to be able to be sober to get to uh, argue with the ref. <laughs> At least say I don't drink. Yeah, I don't I don't drink Cuervo, so so I'll recommend an AA meeting for you in Chicago area. So I'll send you the information. Well, hey, I never said I got trashed. I like I like to have a couple of beers during a game. Let you know, get you know, loose you know, a little loose, you know, but not to the point where I don't remember the game. Cause I, I mean, I, I'm the same way. I like to remember what I'm watching. So I, I like to take the edge off. 
have a couple of beers and, and or or a mixed drink, whatever whatever's on tap. But um, yeah, I don't get to the point where I'm like hurling on the toilet. Well, that's good. I'd hate to see you in that condition. And and I don't know, you didn't hear our conversation earlier. We're talking about the final four. You know, people not being able to predict this. Nathan Walters was just on the show and said he's. He's really buying Oklahoma to win the national championship game, Cuervo. And, 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 you know, I respect everybody's opinion, but Oklahoma winning a championship, a team from the Big 12, are you buying that or selling? Um, I, I will sell it as many times as you let me because that's not – I just find it funny, guys, and, and uh, – the way that Oklahoma fans now and, and people think because they beat Alabama. And I know I'm going to get crucified for this on, online and everything when I say this, but I've, I've always said this. I've always said, and Sonia, you can, you can be a witness to this. You're playing a team that was going for playing that year for their third national championship. They were 11-0. and They lost in a crazy fashion to their arch rival, to knock them out of playing in the national championship game. So I don't care what Saban said before the game. I don't he, – that's coach speak. It's all – coach talk is all it is. Alabama did not care about beating Oklahoma. Sure, they wanted to, but there's a difference between wanting to do something and preparing in that fourth quarter like it's going to be a football game. And, and Cuervo, I'm telling you, Oklahoma beat a team that didn't care, and now these expectations have went through, this, through the roof. And now, what's going to happen when they lose a couple of games this season? What are we going to say about Mr. Stoops? You know, well, you know, what, you know what's funny about that, Tarvin, is is what what kind of backs your argument up. And, and I know I'm about to say, but correct me if I'm wrong. What's... Wherever you're cutting out, we cannot hear you. Sonia, you want to take that? Alabama forgot how to play. No, Alabama, you know what they said? Man, these guys, these guys suck so bad. I really want to play anymore. You know what, Coach? Go ahead. You can, you can win the Sugar Bowl if you want. You can make you feel better about yourself. Whatever. We don't care. It doesn't matter. You know, that, that's the way I saw it was once it was 14 nothing, Alabama was like, I, we're not even in this anymore. It's gonna—it's gonna be so bad. Let's just let them be competitive, and then before you knew it, it was like, what was it, thirty-one to seventeen? And Bam was like, whoa. And but by then it was just like whatever. That, that's the hey, way. Sonia, I I'll, I'll ask you, Sonia. Why? Why do we not hear from Nick Saban in the off season? Why is he not out in the media? Talking about the teams he's better than. Why is he not out there running his mouth in the off season? You think? Nick Saban is recruiting. Nick Saban is doing what he is being paid to do. Before the game ends, Nick Saban's mind is already on. Okay, I've got to talk to this recruit. I've got to fly here. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. He cannot stand dealing with the media. It is a necessary evil. The man is 100 fully focused on recruiting and coaching. That is what he does. Well, Sonia, That's what he does. Sonia, I want to ask you this. I want to ask you this. If you're the best at something, do you really have to say anything? No. That's my only point. Do you really point. have Why to do you... sell? Do you have to sell everybody that your team's the best? 
or you're the best. Did did you not say what was it two weeks ago about Bama fans, especially myself, Smelly, Haley, the group of us in, in, in our groups, the core Alabama fans, the reason that we don't smack or or boast or brag, our boys record their play on the field, it speaks for itself. Why should I have to tell you that I'm number one? Look it up. It's right there. If you have to boast or brag, dude, you're trying to convince yourself or what? Because everybody else can see what the record is. The same way Miami, you know, the U back in the 80s, they can brag. The same way some of these other teams can brag. If you are a fan that has to brag, you're not a true fan. You're a bandwagoner. Well, I'm going to give you some names of coaches that, to me, they don't say much because they don't have to. You have Nick Saban at Alabama. He's not out trying to sell people and make excuses and do all this stuff and, and try to make you convince you he's better. Um, I mean, Gus is rarely even – he doesn't want to talk. He's like Saban. He's, he doesn't even want to speak to anybody. He just wants to go in his science lab and sit here and draw up plays, and, and that's mm-hmm. all he wants to do. But you see coaches like Brett Billima. You see coaches – um, like Bo Pelini, I know Nathan's going to kill me for that one. You see coaches like Bob Stoops, Will Muchem, they're always out there saying something. And I think it's the insecurity of these coaches uh, that gets them going. I mean, I'm sorry, but, but Stoops is very insecure. So's Bo Pelini, so's uh, Brett Villema. And that's the thing, the confident coaches that, that don't give a crap about what people think, they're over there winning championships and trying to win football games or recruiting. Well, these guys, they know they're not the best, but they're trying to convince you they are. Yeah, it's their defensiveness. They have that chip on yep. their shoulder, and instead of just ignoring, because people are going to say what they're going to say. I mean, when you had Saban winning back-to-back national championships, you still had trolls on our Facebook polls and, and Facebook groups saying that he wasn't a great coach and this and this and that. I ignore that crap because it's BS. If I wasn't a Bama fan, I would still give the man props. Come on, give me a break. You know, look at this coach. But it does go back to those coaches being so defensive because they're very, very sensitive of any criticism of their program or of their conference. So you have a lot of that defensiveness and a lot of that chip on their shoulder. It comes through, and that's why it's hard to take them seriously. And to me, the worst thing that they do is respond and, and keep their flap, you know, keep flapping their yaps in the media because you don't take them that seriously. Now, Steve Spurrier, I would say, hands down, is a coach that can get away with that because he's Steve Spurrier. I mean, Steve Spurrier is going to say, he's, hate, hate him or love him, he is always quote-worthy. The man always has a great quote. But when you've got yeah. you know, some of these other coaches who are trying to, to play to the media and trying to change the public's perception, dude, it doesn't matter what you say. You can sit up there and read a 12-page dissertation, show a PowerPoint, show video, show whatever. The people that believe you suck will still believe you suck. The people that love you will still love you. The ones on the fence will still be on the fence. You're not changing anybody's mind. You're wasting time. Yeah, and, and Sonia, let me tell you how insecure Bob Stoops is. Um, Paul Feinbaum the other day, I was, I was actually listening to this as I was, Walking Wells the other night, or other day, I was listening to the archive, and, and he made a comment about Bob Stoops running his mouth, made fun of it. Well, Bob Stoops called a press conference a couple of days later to address 
anybody talking about them and everything. That's how insecure he is. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll never respect the guy. Has he done a good job at Oklahoma? He has. I mean, he's played never BCS bowl game, but when you're beating Connecticut, when you're losing the Boise State, it doesn't matter what bowl you make it to. If you're not winning, Sonia, it really doesn't matter. And it's just I respect what he's done at Oklahoma, but I, I don't know. This insecurity, maybe he's going through a, a midlife crisis. I don't know, but. Oh, the thing he pulls me. with the thing he pulls with the contractor at his house. The guy that came. This is the contractor that was coming to fix his roof, and the guy had on an Oklahoma State T-shirt, and he actually fired him and was like yelling at the guy. It's on video. It's so funny, but he actually fired this guy, threw him off his property, just had a hissy fit because the man had on an Oklahoma State T-shirt. How yeah. seriously? <laughs> I remember that now. I remember that. Uh, yeah, that's pretty bad, isn't it? I mean, that's taking it a little too far. That's a little insecure, and that's called the little brother syndrome. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's just so. Oh God, with him. I mean, between him and Gundy, I don't know which two in Oklahoma make me laugh the most. I've got more respect for Stoops. You know, at least he has 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 accomplished some things. He's just, you know, hitting that Mac Brown stage where sometimes that mouth kind of outruns the brain. <laughs> yeah, Gundy got a little bit of that problem when um, Alabama made the national championship game back in, I believe, 2011 and played LSU. How you know they had to wipe the floor with either Alabama or LSU that season. They won the Big Twelve. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't they lose? I can't remember if they lost that game or not, but the two best teams played that night. Nobody's going to lie. Was it fair? Really, who cares? Is life fair? Is football fair? It's not fair. And you'll see that in the 14 playoff this year. It's not fair. There'll be some a team left out that shouldn't have been. There'll be a team that gets in that was political, and, and I don't care what you say, this four-team committee, this playoff committee, Sonia, is, is nothing. It's not the answer for college football. It's going to happen. This is the thing. No matter what you come up with, and we have said this from the beginning, the BCS people complain. All right, we go to playoffs. You're still going to get the complaints. Go to something else. You're still going to get the complaints. Nobody will ever, ever be totally satisfied. There will always be a debate of which team was better this time, this time. This, if what if this team had played, and what if this team hadn't lost to this team, and what if that team had, you know, was a conference champion, and how did this, it's like, dude, seriously, like you guys spend that much time, really? I mean, seriously, you're yeah. not going to change anything. <laughs> is what no, it is. I had no problem with it. You know, the BCS <laughs> in 2004. If anybody had a problem with the BCS, it would. It would be me, you know. I mean, my team gets left out undefeated. But you know what? The BCS, for the most part, they got it right. And and at least that computer element in there wasn't some guy that graduated from Alabama or Auburn or Notre Dame. This was a computer formula that only was one-third of the vote. But at least, I mean, I'm I'm telling you, the, the top two teams every year, Sonya, was right. It was right on usually every single time. Mm Hmm. But you can't and now you won't bitch about it because Alabama and LSU played a championship game. That's why it's changed. And people think you're Homer, conference Homer. We're not conference Homers. We just we support our team, and that's all we support. But Sonia, I'm telling you, and you tell me if I'm wrong. The, the conference, this committee, the four team playoff was 
was created because Alabama and LSU played in the national championship. Of course. It was time to end that, that so-called, you know, SEC dominance. But to me, it always <laughs> down to, guess what? Instead of talking, just beat them, okay? This is set up for you to win, too. Had you won those games you were supposed to, you would have been in that position. But you didn't. So, you know, and now it's, well, we don't like this, so we're going to change it to make it more fair. Okay, well, now instead of totally taking the SEC out, you actually gave us more chances to get in. So, great. So what happens when you've got three SEC teams in there? Okay, what happens when it's four SEC teams in there? You're going to change it again? It's it's childish and it's stupid and it's it's a knee-jerk reaction. It's a knee-jerk reaction. People need to stop and, and remember history. The one thing about college football fans, they have the shortest memory in the world. They cannot remember anything beyond this last game. So many people forget when their team used to suck. So many people forget when this system was tried, when that system was tried, when this rule was tried, when that rule, when that rule was tried, and it didn't work. So here we go with these young new people with these old ideas. And those same ideas, they didn't work then, and they're not going to work now. Yeah, for everybody out there that thinks your team is great right now, guess what? They're going to suck again very soon, and they'll come back, and they'll be good. Every every run ends, and I'm telling you, two years ago really humbled me as a fan. I think it matured me a little bit because when you go 3-9, and nine, you watch your team go 0-8 in conference play, getting blown out by their rivals, 49 to nothing, 42 to nothing. I mean, it, that will humble you very fast, and when you have a – a 12 and 2 season like Auburn had last year that that's a great season from 3 and 9 even though we it sucked we lost it still hurts but you know Auburn's going to be on top they're going to be in the discussion for the next few years and then they might hit a couple years where they're not Alabama can't win every year nobody can win every year i think a lot of fans Sonia, they forget their team's not the best every season right and then you've got now this is the one thing that that i'm going to have to ask all just everybody, if you are within the sound of my voice, I need you to listen, listen very, very close. I'm going to tell you something that is so, so important, okay? I just need to turn your radios down, just, you know, get everything quiet because I want to make this announcement. I want to make sure everyone can hear me so that we have everybody calm and everybody listening, paying close attention. All right. This is what I need for you to do. If you are a fan of Arkansas, Opus, Mississippi State, Kentucky, any of those four teams, please, for the love of God, please stop trying to make preseason hype videos filled with nothing but highlights of your spring games. That is is ridiculous, okay? <laughs> Sweetie, when you go 0-8, that is not that, the, no hype video is needed, all right? We need to stop doing that. I'm sick of seeing that. I understand you guys are looking for a better season. I totally get that. But throwing together a hype video using this we're back and we're coming for you and all this other kind of music and all you have are spring highlight videos because you totally sucked last season, 
that's not a good look. I'm going to need for y'all to really stop doing that, okay? Moratorium on all hype videos from sucky teams. Well, it's okay, Sonia. They'll all be disappeared after week one or two. Oh, no, they'll be there. They'll just be rooting for teams in the SEC that are winning. <laughs> exactly. See, that's the beauty of, of sports. You know, Arkansas right now, you know, they're going to beat Auburn week one and, and go on and win the West. You know, Kentucky's back. Stoops has turned it around. But at the end of the day, I tell people about Ole Miss, yeah, they'll win a game here and there. You know, they'll be better, but they'll still be old piss, won't they, Sonny? Yes, they will. I'm just have to, I mean, I'm just being honest. I I love the fact that, you know, Mississippi fans have their, their little, you know, tradition and all that. But honey, y'all ain't won nothing since a Manning went to that school. Leave it be. <laughs> just and if you're, hold and if on you have to use cowbells <laughs> to, to distract people, you know, you you may suck. That could be one of those Jeff Foxworthy, you know. Um, jokes or something, but you know, I think that's where the big SEC gets their bad rap from. People call and say, I mean, they, they they classify all SEC fans as conference homers and everything. And I think it's the Kentucky, the uh, Arkansas, the teams you named, Sonia. Those fans are, you know, during the if you noticed last year um, when Auburn played Florida State in the national championship, the month leading up to that game. You heard more smack talk from Kentucky, Mississippi State, Ole Miss fans, and teams like that than you did Auburn fans. Oh yeah, well the biggest thing is so funny because those same fans, like when you hear people or, or you see it too, I love when people post SEC fans or SEC team fans. You know, I'm like, okay, when did the SEC get a team? I didn't know there was an SEC team. I know there's teams within the SEC. But you know that whole general that general oh you're an SEC fan uh, yeah I'm an SEC team fan I'm an Alabama fan which happens to be in the SEC that really come on man you're killing me God what did you say hey Jason uh, you're on you're on live man oh I'm live okay I do not hear the um, message um, yeah so it's right. Um, absolutely right, because once upon a time, you would probably never know because of some duck dance, but we used to not be that good. We used to be happy about seven wins or six wins or golden to bull. When I got here in 99, um, we were happy with the harder day bull, which is um, the bull in San Diego for third place teams. But um, every fan needs to just be happy with being a zero and zero. Win your first week game. And another topic that I have, Carter's football is just like the NCAA tournament. It's all you, you got all these brothers that's, Gonna have the hopeful, but at the end of the tournament, you're gonna end with chalk. There's always gonna be Alabama and whatnot. Yeah. Well, Jason, man, college football is getting close, and uh, I'm sure we're gonna hear from you soon. We're gonna take a call from Quinn real quick. Quinn, what's going on, man? Welcome to Way In Sports. Hey. 
You know what I'm tired of seeing is the outrageous upset predictions, like Arkansas beating Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> I see that, and I can't help but laugh. And then I'll ask, so how can Arkansas beat Auburn? They have nothing. Oh, our rushing game. Called, Your rushing game won't be man. able to do crap. It's well, that's the thing, Quinn. It's to pick Arkansas beating Auburn. I mean, it's uh, it's a division opponent. It's the first game of the year. Now, if this was the tenth game of the year, I'd say they're crazy. But Quinn, the first game of the season. I mean, you never know. You know. I would hope that Auburn Auburn could could win that one because I really don't want Belima to win any games ever while he's coach here. No in conference games. But I understand where Quinn's coming from, but then it kind of goes back to the other side, which we were talking about earlier, Tarvin, which is uh, you, uh, it's any given day. You never know. It's the team that's that's prepared. You know, Bama comes, and in my mind, Bama should be prepared and they should win. Sometimes they don't. Oh, well, that's the way it is. In your mind, Auburn should be prepared and they should win. Sometimes they don't. It's just yeah. the way, you know, that's college football. Yeah. But, Tarvin, so you think Arkansas will keep it close? No, and I think Billima's pissed off because they they spent the whole winter, spring, summer, and now fall, they were preparing for Nick Marshall. And I think he's still going to play, don't get me wrong, but that's more of a running attack, which I think will be more pass anyway. But now the game plan just shifted with Jeremy Johnson being the quarterback. And, look, it's – you got a team that lost the championship game in the last seconds of the game. They're pissed off. They're going to be hungry. The week one is, a, I mean, this is where the athletes will come out and really perform because they've been pent up all season. They've been waiting to play. Arkansas, I'm looking, and I'm not saying this to be funny, I'm looking at something like 49 to 13, something like that. If it's close, then I'll be very shocked and I'll be very concerned about the rest of the season for Auburn. But last year, they had close games early, and they got better. But there's no excuse for an Arkansas team playing in your house to keep it close. So, no, I don't, yeah. I don't think they'll keep it close. Yeah, I think I think they'll cover the spread. I agree same with that. Same thing with Alabama covering the spread. You, I know, Quinn, you put on the Facebook the other day, you thought West Virginia would cover. I believe that was you. I'm not sure. But yeah, you know, I, I don't think yeah. West Virginia is going to be able to score. I don't think West Virginia will be able to score. I I think I think the twenty eight point spread on that game with Bama breaking in a new QB, I think is a little too high. If it was twenty or twenty one, I'm I'd be more willing to say Bama would cover. All they gonna have to do is hand the ball off, Quinn. Remember that. That's all they have to do. <laughs> Here you go. If anything fails, if the passing game's a little rusty, Quinn, thanks for calling in. Uh, Sonia, if the passing game's rusty, all they got to do is give it to those stud running backs and let the defense do their job, and there's 35-3 to three right there. Here you go. Let that D step now, up. I mean, we got tell you, if you Oh, now. <laughs> if, you, if you think it's going to be a close game with West Virginia, Bama, the way they look in the spring game on offense, come on. How – When's the last time Alabama looked bad in their first game in a neutral side, Sonia? I mean, last year they didn't look great, but they still won by, like, 20 points. Yeah, we still won. I, b- I believe the problem 
you know, was a little of the, the, the that three-peat curse, <laughs> a three-peat pressure. Um, but you got to look at our guys. One thing about Bama players or, or any team that loses, when you lose your last two games, you've got something to prove when you come back. So what you're going to see coming back on that field on uh, the 30th is you're going to see a team that is disciplined, that is ready, that wants to, um, you know, make up and, and avenge those last two losses, or at least I'm hoping that's what you see. <laughs> I'm hoping that's what I see. You know, in a team that's mature, that knows their job, play your position, get with the program, know where you're supposed to be, be there, you know, play your coverage, play your assignment, and do your job. As long as you do that, we should be able to win that game. Decide oh, they the- will. Don't, don't even, we won't even mention the Bama-West Virginia game. Until next week we do that preview, we'll do it for about a second. That'll be one of those 42 to 10 kind of games at that, but – uh, Sonia, we're about to roll right now, but you know what? Wisconsin's going to come in week one, since I know it all and I'm a psychic. They're going to come in and beat LSU week one, and, and college football is going to be college football again. That's what's going to happen week one. <laughs> Hold you on, know, I got to laugh Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin beating LSU. Yeah, I'm predicting it now. I'm calling it right now, putting a million dollars on it. Just wait and see. All right. Send me your monopoly money in the mail. Well, we'll. But, hey, thanks for joining me tonight, uh, co-hosting the show. I want to thank Sean and Amanda again from from Five Star Sports. Great interview, by the way. Thanks for for getting them on, Sonia. No problem. We're going to keep you posted. Look out. We've got some big uh, celebrity names tied to it to keep your ear out for Five Star Sports. I will. And I'll be posting it on Twitter and Facebook for them, helping them. Do you know? I mean, everybody needs some promotion. Everybody, I don't care who you are. So, free publicity hey. is always great. So, we're going to get their name out there and do some help. Anytime it's something to do with helping kids, I'm, I'm all about it. And I really like them. But, Sonia, tell Jason good night, and we will see y'all Sunday night. We'll have us a two hour show. All right, we'll do, Wade. Roll tide, roll. All right. All right. Talk to you later, Sonia. Bye bye.